The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives a feel good sound. Traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high heel shoes. Got her wings on, too. You know, I've never seen a better stew. Oh, Betty and the Jets. Hello. And welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline. And I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. This episode has a uh, theme. It was a theme I wasn't uh, intending to do. I just kept getting stories uh, around a certain uh, subject. And that subject is a uh, body part. (laughs) wasn't asking for those. But for some reason this month, I got a lot of uh, schlong stories. So (laughs) in this episode, we have um, quite a few uh, stories around a certain body part, a couple of doogie stories, some lost pantyhose, and some crazy things that people have done to get themselves fired. And uh, the music for this episode, I recorded in mine's Germany. I just happened to be there in a layover when they were having fashing. And fashing is this giant party, multiple day carnival. Everybody's dressed up. There's lots of music. There's lots of drinking. It was fun. <laughs> so I had my recorder with me and I uh, recorded some music. So a lot of it's kind of, you know, loud, happy festival music. And boy, I'll tell you what, at some point I have trouble getting through the crowds there. It was uh, a lot of fun. So let's get on with the show. When I first started flying, it was instilled in me that you have to get that demo done as soon as possible. And we did manual demos. I was on the DC-9. and That's funny, you're on the DC-9. On the DC-9. And at that time, years ago, passengers were allowed to walk down with their their friends or their family and walk them to the plane. So this man got on with his wife, walked her down to her seat, and I saw him get off. And then he came, uh, then we started to do our demo. We shut the door, we started to do our demo. And then I see somebody waving from me, kind of from the back of the airplane, and I looked and I realized it's the same man that I saw get off. But apparently he'd gotten back on and forgotten to give his, his wife some more money. So he came back on, gave her the money, and we shut the door and off we yeah, went and we were taking this man somewhere he didn't want to go <laughs> so all i could think of was well he's got to wait i've got to finish this demo 
So I proceeded to do the demo. We're on the we're on the taxiway right about now, and um, I called the cockpit. I said, "I'm sorry to bother you, but we've got a passenger on board that doesn't belong here." He said, "No problem. I'll stop the plane here. I'll call the tugboat tug driver. We'll lower the aft stairs, and he can walk down and get on, and we'll take him back to the gate." So we so he did so, and as the man was getting going down the steps. All of a sudden, out of the blue, the steps start to come up. I have no idea why, but they did. So this man's halfway down the steps. Oh, my God. I'm brand new. I'm looking at him thinking, oh, what am I going to do? So I yelled as loud as I could, jump! And he did. And I thought, I just killed my first passenger. And then I looked out the window, and he was fine. He got on the tug, and off he, he went. He jumped. Oh Let me tell you. flying with this girl and she's sort of like a girl after my own heart because she is contemplating moving to Italy to live in Italy and then she'll just commute to work and uh, you know so things like that always sound very exciting to me but she was uh, doing sort of a trial run and she was going to be living in the Italian countryside and she rented a car a little fiat stick and uh, she's driving through these small towns to get to the countryside where she's going to be staying she's going to take Italian cooking classes and some um, language classes you know in case she's going to live there and she said she's driving and she knows how to drive a stick which good for her because I don't and that gets me in trouble some places because there's some places where you can't you can't rent you know an automatic and I don't know how but she said she knew how but she was in this small town and she had just missed her turn and she was trying to back up to get her turn and uh it's like at an intersection in a small town and she couldn't get it to go in reverse and she's trying and trying all of a sudden the cars are backing up and the cars are backing up and she's thinking oh no my gosh and she said out of this bakery comes this heavy set Italian man he puts his arms in the air and he goes mama mia <laughs> he actually said that which is so funny because it's stereotypical of what we would think he was like he's like mama mia and he waits for her to get out of the car he she gets out of the car, and apparently there was some sort of ring or latch. There's always some little tiny thing, you know. There was like a ring that she had to undo that's different in European cars. So he, he backs it up, lets it go back in, and then he gets back out, and he goes, Mamma mia! And he shakes his head and goes back in the baker. <laughs> that's one of the things I love about Italians. You know, they can just be talking about the newspaper in the morning, and it's on the band, on the band. The arms are going. You know, they're so animated, so passionate. I love it. Okay, so sometimes we have some flight attendants that don't, you know, English isn't their first language, so they have, uh, you know, they have a strong accent. So you were flying with someone like that? I was flying with someone like that, and we'll keep our na the names yes, anonymous. Yes, yes. However, um, she was a Mandarin speaker, brand new, and we're on our flight, and, you know, I knew she was having trouble with the English language, yes. so obviously she wasn't going to do the P the uh safety PA but we get on the cart and I, I notice that customers are saying what what and I start overhearing her and she says she's been saying do you want peanuts or pretzel <laughs> peanuts or pretzel and then she would get real indignant when they'd say Wh what <laughs> what I say peanuts or pretzel <laughs> 
everybody was cracking up. I, I couldn't... I couldn't stop laughing yeah. because everybody around me is looking at me like, are you kidding? What are you selling? What are you giving away? And this one woman even said, I'll take two of those, please. So I'm, of course, snorting on the other, si- on the other side of the cart. And I'm like, okay, all right, let me do the snacks before yeah, we get yeah, arrested yeah. or fired. <laughs> one of the two. Right I said, Enough. it's just, it's not that kind of airline, people. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the story and then at the end of it at the end of it uh oh when I told her when I confronted her in the galleon I just tried to let her know that she needs to dentalize and articulate the words because it's coming across as the male genitalia so please you're saying penis (laughs) and she says oh no no you're silly no no that's not right no no she was in complete denial so the end of the flight where I, I had to help a passenger get her bag out of the closet, so I called to the back and I asked if somebody would do the ground PA, and of course she answers the phone, and I said, do you mind having Jan do the ground PA for me? And she's oh, no, no, okay, that's good, that's good, I do, I do. Well, we hang up, I'm in the middle of the aisle in business, in first class, so domestic flight, and all of a sudden she comes over the, the intercom, and I, I can't tell you, but every sentence she said had something in it that was just absolutely hysterical and I don't know if the passengers were reacting to my reaction where I just stopped dead and went oh my gosh we're going to be fired (laughs) because the last thing I remember her saying was and it was all pleasure pleasuring you I was just in uh, Frankfurt, and I don't get there very often. It's kind of a senior, uh, very, it's a well-liked trip. I don't get it that often, so I'm always excited when I get to go to Germany, something different. And uh, I spend so much of my life in hotel rooms. You think you you figured out every shower, you know, because all the showers are different, all the locks. You think you think you've figured out everything because you spend so much of your life in a hotel room. Well, I went to leave my room in Frankfurt. And just like I was telling you about that girl with the car, the mama me, there was some strange little ring. Well, I had done the latch on my, I always do that because you don't want people walking in. There's lots of stories about people walking in and other cards are made. So I always, if there's a latch, there isn't always one. If there is one, I always do it. And this one was a, a chain. It was a chain. And, um, you know, I had done the chain before I went to bed. So now I've gotten up and ready to go out, you know, walk around. It's part of the layover I always like, you know, it's your free time. I cannot get... I cannot get the latch. I can't get it. I literally was pulling. I started using two hands. I was like, what? You know, so I, I, you know, I thought maybe I can't see it well enough. I'm turning the lights on. I'm pulling and pulling. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to call and they're going to have to like break down the door. What if I I can't, you know, I'm going to have to get out of the room eventually to get to work. You know, (laughs) I can't miss the trip because I'm stuck in my room because I locked myself in. I start. You start getting slightly panicked, where you think, oh, "Why, why can't I get this?" And then finally, uh, I thought, "All right, this is how I always do things." Whenever like I drop down in a cave and can't find my way out. I mean, literally, I've done that on Easter Island. I was going through caves by myself in Easter Island, and, and when you can't figure something out, what I always do, I'm like, "Calm down." 
calm down, breathe, breathe. <laughs> so here I am in my hotel room and I'm like, calm down, breathe. There has to be a reason you cannot get this lock undone. So, I mean, I literally am like, I, I thought there's got to be something. And sure enough, there was a little tiny plastic latch that goes down so that thing can't slide. Um, it's like, I guess, an extra added layer of security, but it's like this teeny tiny plastic thing that I don't know how, I bet you there's lots of people that get stuck in the room because, I mean, I don't know how you're supposed to notice that. And most people would just, you know, most chain latches is just a chain latch. It's not an extra little plastic thing that drops down. So finally I realized you had to lift the little plastic thing and it's like, ah, freedom. <laughs> And it's the end of our it's the end of our Rome our Rome flight going to Rome and there's two passengers are left behind. There are it's a young couple, both of a young couple, they're mid forties and they're the last ones off. So my girlfriend and I are walking up the aisle checking checking for passengers or uh, bags or books or whatever the case may be. And we see this couple and there's a gentleman he's slumped over in his chair. Um, and we can't I think get, I was on this flight. We can't you, you <laughs> Some over, over his chair. Anyway, we're asking him, "Sir, you you okay?" I'm okay. And the wife is really mad because he's she's he's not helping her with the bags, and we're like, "This is an 11-hour flight. They've had all day, all night to get their bags together." So I try to be nice, go to him, try to humor him. "Sir, you okay?" He's like, "Out." So I reach over, and he's dead weight, and I try to pull him up, but I can't get him up. So then I, I pull him a little bit more. Try to, slide, try to slide his sandals underneath his feet. Still can't get up. So I hoist them up, look down, and then all of a sudden I turn to the wife and I said, ma'am, I need your help right away. And she's mad. She says, what do you need my help for? I said, ma'am, please, I really need your help. What's wrong? Your husband's snake is out of the cage. <laughs> she looks at me. She looks at him. She throws me her bags. She yanks his penis down like it's the bell of Notre Dame. She really? wrangles, she wrangles it all up, and she stuffs it back in his pants and zips it up. I'm standing there. I don't even have any balls, and that hurt. I mean, you should have seen it when she pulled this thing down and wad it all up and threw it in his pants and zipped it up. As so I said, ma'am, you know. I don't think, well, you know out? what happened? Because you know his snake is out of his pants. He said, had he been drinking on the flight? Well, he had been drinking and he had two Ambien. So probably what happened is that yes. he probably didn't know. He probably went to the bathroom, yes. middle of the night, yes. probably went back to his seat, didn't realize, yes. put his blanket on and went to sleep. So 11 hours later, the he's gone. His snake is out of his pants. <laughs> and she looked at me, looked at him, pulled his penis down, wrangled it all up like a ball, stuffed it in his pants and zipped it up. know if I've ever mentioned that I really do enjoy uh, award shows. I don't know if it's people thanking their husbands and wives and their kids or if it's the fashion or the pomp and circumstance, but I've always enjoyed them. Um, maybe a little less now than I used to since I don't have uh, I used to live in LA and, you know, I, I have dated actors and I've had friends in the entertainment industry. So I had more of a connection. So maybe, you know, it's lessening a little bit, but I was watching uh, this year's Oscar awards. I don't know if you guys saw them, but uh, Neil Patrick Harris was hosting and I couldn't help 
but contemplate the fact that I have two, not one, but two Neil Patrick Harris stories. I mean, really, my job as a flight attendant really does put you in contact or in situations that I really have no business being in because really, I am, you know, I'm one of 10 children from a poor family. I serve uh, Coke and chicken for a living. What are the chances that I've met the Oscar host more than once? I mean, really, what are the chances of that? So I thought I'd revisit those stories quickly because, um, you know, maybe when I told them before, he wasn't quite as famous as he is now. But uh, I'm sure for those of you who have been diehard longtime listeners, you know that um, a long time ago, I dated a actor in Los Angeles, and he, he was not a household name, but uh, he's been working uh, and successfully working in Hollywood. He's on a TV show now. Anyway, he, he's he's done well, but he is not a celebrity. But uh, when we were dating, uh, he started in the theater in Chicago, and um, he likes to still do theater, so he was doing a play in Los Angeles with Neil Patrick Harris. And this was a long time ago, so the most famous thing Neil Patrick Harris had done was the TV show where he played the, you know, kid doctor, Doogie Hauser. So a lot of people, like, just called him Doogie or Doogie Hauser or, you know, like, referenced him that way, not as much as he's now, like, the song and dance Neil Patrick Harris, who's so popular. So anyway, he, my boyfriend was doing this play with... Neil Patrick Harris, a.k.a. Doogie, and uh, it was really nice. This was back when, um, I mean, he said he had a girlfriend. You know, I don't know if that, you never know what they're saying. Anyway, this was back before he was, he had come out, and uh, he was as nice as could be, and he invited us uh, to a party he was having at his place, and um, it was like, oh, we're going to Doogie's house, you know? <laughs> and the funny part of this story doesn't have as much to do with uh Neil Patrick Harris, uh, then uh, he w- it was like a, a potluck. So, and we were going to be playing like games, charades. We played charades. I played charades with uh, Neil Patrick Harris, the Oscar host. <laughs> it's very surreal now if you look back at it. So, anyway, uh, my boyfriend and I were like, what are we going to bring? And he's like, why don't we bring um, that lime chicken uh, that we like to make? And uh, it's just real simple chicken where you just marinate it in lime and then grill it and it's good hot or cold. It's really simple, just salt and pepper and a lot of lime. So we had gone to the store and got the chicken and the limes and uh, he had this, he lived in this building that had this beautiful uh, rooftop uh, deck barbecue area. Uh, It was for the whole building, but it had this gorgeous view of Los Angeles. So we'd like to go up there whenever possible. So we take our chicken and our limes and we go up there to grill this chicken that we're going to take to Dookie's house. (laughs) And we're doing it together like this happy couple. And we go to the party and it's fun. And Neil Patrick Harris is a wonderful host and we played charades and uh, it was a great night. And uh, that was that. But then weeks later, um, I'm very pale. Probably mentioned that before. Pale, blonde. Uh, So I started noticing these dark spots on my hands and my arm. And I was getting very concerned. It was some sort of rash, you know. And I was like um, talking to my boyfriend about it. He was like, you need to go to the doctor. Like, it it seems like it's getting worse. It's getting darker and darker. I was afraid I had the Michael Jackson thing. You know, he was turning white. I was turning brown. (laughs) So 
<laughs> it was bad for work because you know, you're handing people things and you got these dark spots all over, all over your hand and your arm. And I go to the dermatologist and he starts laughing at me, laughing, which is a very strange thing for a doctor to do. And he was like, oh, oh, yeah, you, you've been uh, using lime out in the sun. And I'm like, no, no. He's like, you haven't had like margaritas or something out in the sun? I'm like, no. And he's like, no, because um, a lot of people don't know this, but... Uh, lemon in the sun bleaches, and some people would put lemon in their hair. You know, it's drying on the sun to like lighten your hair, but lime bleaches. And he said every year he sees people with they're mar- making margaritas in the sun. They get like a handprint on their back, or they get like stripes where they're putting their sunscreen on that has limes. And I was like, no, I haven't been using lime. And then, uh, you know, then finally it occurs to me, and I'm like, oh, Doogie Hauser's house. And he's looking at me like, what? <laughs> like, oh, he made that lime chicken for Doogie Hauser's party up on the roof. So that's it. So he gave me some, some, uh, cream and that that solved the Doogie Hauser um, rash. <laughs> then years later, I don't know, it must have been ten years later. Uh, I was in, I want to say we were in Florida, and you know we get a pre-departure report that has the um, manifest of the passengers, just has the names of the people in uh, first class, and then you know some of the frequent flyers, you know wheelchairs unaccompanied minors, all that kind of stuff. And I was looking at it and it said Neil Patrick Harris. And I said to the agent, I said, oh my gosh, is Doogie Howser going to be on this flight? You know, and he's like, oh, I don't know. I'll check. And he comes back and goes, no, there's nobody named Doogie Howser on this flight. <laughs> he hadn't seen the show. He knows what he's talking about. So he wasn't looking up Neil Patrick Harris. He was looking up Doogie Howser. <laughs> And uh, I did not approach him. Uh, it was years later. And I, I'm not an egomaniac. I know that I was at his house. I was the girlfriend of a fellow actor. What are the chances he's going to remember me? But but uh, it was a funny story because the agent was looking up Dewey Hauser in his computer. <laughs> but it, I just do find it ironic that I have come in contact with the Oscar host more than once just because of my service job. I'm flying Legos and it's in the middle of the flight and I'm back at the two right door when we had beverage, when we had the galley back there. And this large, tall, handsome, well-built black man comes up to my galley and goes, I have to pee right now. I said, well, both bathrooms are occupied. You'll just have to wait. He goes, no, right now. He grabs my ice bucket, puts it in the floor, whips it out, and I pick up a little cocktail napkin, you know, trying to shield him. That dick rolled down to his knees. And I was going, sir, you shouldn't be doing this right now. You shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be really doing this right now. And then, With a cocktail napkin. Yeah, the tiny little cocktail napkin. And that thing is down to there. And I was trying, like, not to look. I mean, really trying not to look. And it was as it unfolded. <laughs> 
Well, I'd like to thank the listeners who, when you were going to do some much-needed shopping on Amazon, because they have everything, and you went to my website, bettingthesky.com. Uh, it doesn't cost you anymore, but if you click through the banners on my website, uh, get a small percentage. It helps support the show, and I like to see what people buy every month. And this month, somebody bought a book on A Child's Guide to Common Household Monsters, Sounds interesting. A Game of Thrones season four. Love me some Game of Thrones. Uh, a nose hair trimmer and a book called uh, Magic Carpet Seduction. Travel tales off the beaten path. Sounds uh, right up my alley. So if you're going to buy something on Amazon, think about being kind and going to my website. BettyInTheSky.com doesn't cost you any more and it supports the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> this bartender was telling me a story that... Uh, I know for the younger people, it seems like we've always had cell phones, but we really haven't had them for that long. And uh, in the airline industry, we are forever on our toes, on our P's and Q's when it comes to being on time, because your whole job is about being uh, available and dependable, and it only takes a few times of not showing up for a trip where you get fired. So we have had it drilled into our minds forever uh, that, you know... You got to make it to your trip. And I actually had this happen to me recently. And I can't tell you, it's so stressful. Even if, you know, I was, uh, it was the 23rd of December. I was going to work and there was fog where I live and uh, at the airport I was going to, to go to work. You know, when I fly standby, everything was so late. Uh, I thought I still was going to make it, but then uh, we had a gate hold and then we get out on the runway and I'm thinking, okay, I'm still going to make it. I still have like, I'll probably have like 45 minutes to spare or something. And then then they say, oh, you know, we're going to wait on the runway because the air traffic control delay. And then the flight took twice as long as normal because of the bad weather. And then it took us so long to taxi. And I ended up being 45 minutes late. And 45 minutes late is like so scary. I mean, I was really close to not uh, making the trip, which is huge. <laughs> so I am still on my P's and Q's these days, not trying to be, you know, do anything because you don't want to have you don't want to have things, especially like a couple things in a few months that really sets up flags and sirens and things. So anyway, she was telling me the story that before cell phones, this flight attendant got trapped in an elevator. You know, which is scary as it is. And uh, <laughs> the problem was she was on her way to work and she was in her uniform and she's stuck in this elevator and she's literally like you're literally trapped. So you're you're already scared and nervous about being in an elevator but finally when the um the fireman comes and he opens that hatch in the, in the, the top of the thing and he's like you're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay and she goes call scheduling call scheduling for me <laughs> it's just funny to me that most people would be like i'm saved and she's like call scheduling <laughs> Many years ago, I was flying international, and at that time, we had a first class, a business class, and coach. Right. Well, we had a curtain that used to divide the, the different classes yeah. and a barrier strap. Yeah. So we hooked the barrier strap to, you know, keep first class separate. And um, I was in the back of the aircraft, and uh, my coworker said, you've got a big run in your pantyhose. And of course, I had on navy blue pantyhose at the time. And it was very, you could see the run, and I said, I cannot look like this. So I got into my suitcase. I had a spare pair of pantyhose. I put them in my smock pocket. I was going to go up to first class to change them. I get all the way to first class. I open the barrier strap. I go in the restroom. I reach in my pocket, and there are no pantyhose in my pocket. 
and I thought, where are my pantyhose? So I start looking, and, and I look, and I realize when I'd opened the barrier strap, I had them in my hand, and when I hooked the barrier strap back up, you there they were, it. draped right in front of business class <laughs> for everybody to see. You blew So I was on the beverage cart with another female flight attendant uh, flying back from Europe, and there was a really cute, there was a really cute young girl. I don't know if she was three or four. She's pretty young, cute as a button, uh, with her mother, and uh, she had a drawing pad out and was drawing, which is always nice to see instead of, you know, everything having to be on an iPad and electronic. Um, it's also nice when, you know, the parents are talking to the kids. So anyway, they were looking like they were, you know, like the... Um, model parent-child relationship, right? So I'm on the beverage cart and I look down and I see she, <laughs> I literally, my eyes got so wide. She's drawing what looks like male uh, genitalia. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it was the, the, the balls and the hole. It really looked like that. Granted, I'm sure she was drawing a column and some balls. I don't know what she thought she was drawing, but I... <laughs> I just, just like I looked, and then I looked, and I looked. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh! So I get, I get the other flight attendant across the cart from his attention, and I, you know, I open my eyes wide. So she's looking at me like what? So then I'm, I'm pointing with my eyes down, and she's like, what? I'm like pointing and pointing, and she looks down, and she's like, ah! <laughs> I got an email from a listener named Andrew J. And I like this story. It was talking about um, there's this old crazy Austin commuter from Pan Am. And uh, she is an alleged huge animal lover. And on her layovers in Johannesburg, she likes to collect stray animals, smuggles them back to her hotel room. Once in a room, her hotel room, she neuters them neuters them herself in her hotel room. I don't know with what. Can't take a knife on board the plane. I don't know. Anyway, she neuters them <laughs> and then re re releases them back to the street. Well, thanks, Andrew J. I'd never heard of that one. <laughs> that one's new to me. That's uh, definitely something uh, uh, different to do on your layover. Uh, and that that reminded me of this uh, new hire. I love the new people. We've been hiring a lot. Uh, the airline industry is doing better, which is so refreshing. And you know what? I love the new people. You know, they're enthusiastic and they're energetic and they're also nervous. So this new girl, she she got hired right at a time where quite a few people uh, got fired. Um, you know, every once in a while, there's people do people do some crazy things and they get fired. But since um, it's not that common. Uh, it's some, a big topic of conversation. So we're all talking about it. And since she's new, she's all nervous. She's like, uh, uh, yeah, but, um, you know, if, I, if I'm on time and, you know, I'm not late and, and I'm nice and I don't steal anything, I, I won't get fired, right? I won't get fired. I'm like, oh, no, 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 you aren't going to get fired. And I'm like, uh, well, you know, there are some other things that people do that get fired. I've seen... Um, some crazy things over the years that, that people have gotten fired for. So some of the other things maybe on your list of things not to do so you won't get fired is um, 
don't smuggle animals into the country. Uh, another Johannesburg neutering story reminded me of this. There was a girl who famously, I guess she fell in love with this street animal in Chile, and she smuggled it back in the United States, and customs didn't find out. She actually didn't get fired for that, but obviously this person... Um, you know, it's a little crazy because that's a that's a dangerous thing to do. That's, you can get a lot of trouble trying to bring a live animal into the United States. Anyway, you know, anyway, she didn't get fired for that, but she got fired another time. She was going through customs and they found um, she got actually got fired from the airline, but they caught her because she had like seven uh, first class duvets in her suitcase. And when they asked her, you know, she's like, oh, no, no, I was just taking I'm taking them. It's okay. I was ta- I'm taking them to the animal shelter. They're for the dogs. And they're like, oh, well, okay. Uh, that's a good reason for stealing the company property. So she got fired. Um, uh, another guy, guy got fired for um, buying lots of drugs in South America to bring back to the States. Uh, they said it was intent to sell. But still, you know, yeah, it doesn't probably be, shouldn't be like um, buying drugs you don't have prescriptions for. You know, it's a good rule of thumb. And another guy got fired. Um, it was crazy. This is a long time ago, but... Uh, he must have taken some coach wine bottles and they were glass at the time and he was staying in New York and he was at a high rise and he decided to throw him out the window. I don't know, I guess to get rid of him. And um, a construction worker, you know, it's real dangerous throwing something out of a, a high rise and the construction worker counted up the windows and called the police. And so they're, they're, they're signing in for their trip, you know, the crew van and everything. And here come the police. They took him off to jail. So, you know, uh, he got fired. <laughs> Another girl. I can't make this stuff up. Another girl bit a gate agent and she drew blood. <laughs> She's no longer with us. Uh, another girl got fired for bringing uh, bush meat in from Africa. Another guy got fired for uh, damaging company property. And then this was a real doozy. This was a long time ago. Real pretty girl, too. Uh, I guess she had a drug problem because a passenger on the flight saw her. Her bag had been in the closet, you know, as a place to stow it. And she saw this flight attendant going through her personal, the passenger's bag, and she was looking for um, prescription drugs to steal out of a passenger bag, and the passenger saw her, so uh, she got fired. <laughs> so I still, this new girl, okay, so here's, here's, here's what it boils down to, so um, show up on time, be nice, don't steal anything, don't smuggle animals into the country, don't buy lots of drugs to bring back to the United States, don't throw glass bottles out of high-rise building windows uh don't don't bite gate agents don't bring bush meat from africa don't damage company property and uh certainly don't rubbish through passenger bags looking to steal drugs and then uh won't get fired that's about it for this episode of betty in the sky with a suitcase i hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together thanks bye and and it was all pleasure pleasuring you <laughs> hey kids when you fly together she'll tell you where she's been and tell you where she's going you'll have some fun so why not come along seat belts are fastened for take the signal is strong Oh, Betty in the sky Have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets
she's weird and wonderful. Who bet is she's a podcast queen? She's wearing high heel shoes, got her wings on too, you know.